Howdy, everyone. We've got an episode you won't want to miss today. We talk about the Biden administration's plan to forgive or cancel some student loan debt. We talk about how the five largest cities in Texas have chosen not to adopt the no new revenue tax rate when it comes to your property taxes. We also talk about an opportunity coming up for Texas taxpayers to let state lawmakers know how they feel about the ever-increasing property tax burden and corporate welfare. Stay tuned. Good evening and welcome to Taxpayer Talks, the podcast where we hold Austin accountable by giving taxpayers news that affects their wallet. My name is Tim Harden. I'm president of Texans for Fiscal Responsibility, and this is our executive director, Jeremy Kitchen. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Been a, been a busy week. What's been going on with you this week? Yeah, so this week I'm just trying to kind of knee deep, trying to figure out what local jurisdictions are adopting what tax rates. Pretty boring stuff, to be honest. But, um, you know, trying to kind of do the grunt work and collate um, all the different local jurisdictions. They're in the process or in the midst right now, right, of adopting um, their budgets for the next fiscal year. And so, of course, for those proposed budgets, they have to have a certain amount of money. And so they uh, propose certain tax rates. And, of course, that's going to affect taxpayers uh, come, I guess, October 1st, whenever it is they receive their property tax bill. So trying to kind of collate that information and uh, we'll see where we go. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I've been on the road this week, as you know, uh, Monday, I was in Bonham uh, speaking with a group of uh, convention of the states. We spoke about the legislative process and how to effectively communicate with legislators as well as we touched on our prosperity plan. And then this evening, I'm going to be in Mount Pleasant with uh, the conservative women, and we are going to be speaking about our prosperity plan as well. So uh, it has been an, a busy week. We've been spreading the gospel of fiscal responsibility all over the state of Texas, uh, but we have a lot of news going on so let's go ahead and get into that hey folks i wanted you to hear it right from me we put out a plan to bring relief to millions of working and middle class people with student loans and here's what you should know we're going to forgive ten thousand dollars of federal student loan debt keeping my campaign promise for the people who need the help the most the folks who went to school on pell grants we're going to forgive a total of twenty thousand dollars we're going to target this relief help is going to go to people making less than one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year next we're going to give anyone with undergraduate loans a chance to sign up and cap your loan payments at 5% of your monthly income. I also want to make sure folks have enough time to transition back to paying regularly. So we're going to extend the student loan pause one final time through December 31st of this year. There's a lot more here, more than I have time to say in this video. But I'll leave you with this. Our middle class families deserve breathing room. It's the whole reason I ran. And this plan will give opportunity to millions of families who need it the most. Okay, well, that is sleepy Joe Biden telling us about his unconstitutional plan to cancel contractual debts. Uh, let's take a look at this plan a little bit closer uh, and see exactly what he is proposing. Uh, so if you can see the graphic here, uh, he is basically proposing a $10,000 forgiveness uh, for anyone who makes $125,000 or less. And if you receive Pell Grants, which are grants given to low-income individuals, then you are up for $20,000 uh, in forgiveness. And, of course, he uh, is going to continue to postpone uh, student loan payments who, that have been postponed since really 2020. So there's been no payments in, in a few years. And so what are the thoughts on this plan, Jeremy? I think there's obviously constitutional concerns, but uh, what are you seeing? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly mixed results to include from his own party, right? I mean, I think you have to kind of understand how we got to this point, right? Is that uh, for a very long time, right, the kind of regressive left, if you will, has tried to put pressure on Democrat lawmakers to do what's called student loan forgiveness or cancellation um, on things like student loan debt. And, you know, there's been differences in opinion on how much of it should be forgiven or canceled, right, based on, you know, what money is available, how they would go about doing that. Um, You've had people from kind of further left of Joe Biden that just want to forgive it all, right? Um, you've got some that are maybe more moderate Democrats that think there should be some limited amount or uh, or, or kind of a, a difference in how we do it. Nevertheless, Congress never acted, right? And so we've gotten to this point now where you have the executive branch, i.e. President Biden, um, who's kind of doing this of his own accord, and albeit controversially, right? I mean, there's certainly, as you pointed out, a lot of people who um, still point out that he doesn't necessarily have, or they don't think he has, the authority to do it. But ultimately, you have what you have is the executive branch, right? Uh, using disputed authority to forgive, I hate the term, forgive or cancel uh, debt for a specific group of Americans, all at the cost of U.S. taxpayers. Yeah, absolutely. There's concerns here. And, and, you know, the funny thing is uh, Republicans are not the only one concerned about the constitutionality of this. Uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi actually a year ago commented on this. And so let's take a look at what she had to say uh, back in 2021. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would has to be an act of Congress. And um, uh, I I don't even like to call it forgiveness because that implies a transgression. It's not to be forgiven. Get just freeing people from those obligations. Uh, So the question of who gets forgiven, to use the term of art that is out there, uh, is a is a debate. Do we use the, whatever money there is for the broadest base of support of the those with um, more people with even less debt or fewer people with more debt? That's a policy discussion. But the, the difference between the president do, president can't do it. So that's not even a discussion. That not everybody realizes that. But the president can only postpone, delay, but not forgive. So, wow. So it's pretty apparent that uh, Nancy Pelosi was concerned uh, about the constitutionality, and she uh, vehemently stated that only Congress has this authority. Uh, The funny thing is uh, Joe Biden in his uh, press conference uh, alluded that there was uh, there was authority given to the Department of Education in Congress. Uh, there was confusion about what he was talking about, but uh, upon doing a little bit of digging, it seems like it's a combination between a law that was passed in 2003 and uh, some of the COVID pandemic uh, emergency actions. Uh, and so it's not really clear exactly what he's appealing to. It doesn't look like this is going to to hold up in court. Uh, I, I would say what it looks like to me is the Democrat Democrats are desperate. Uh, they are in trouble in November, and so they desperately need uh, a win. And so they're throwing up this Hail Mary. And if I had to guess what they're doing, they're going to uh, try and make the Republicans look bad when we when we challenge this in court. And so that way they can craft the narrative that, oh, look, hey, we forgave, we forgave these debts. Uh, and now Republicans, mean old Republicans, are going to come and try and take away the $10,000 we tried to help with the middle class. 
Uh, you think that's an accurate uh, assessment, Jeremy? Yeah, I don't think anyone could ignore that there's certainly some political motivation behind this right now. Albeit we can we can kind of debate whether or not it's strictly because we're you know a few months ahead of the November midterm elections or, or not. But uh, certainly the timing of this can't go uh, without notice. And to your point, right, um, is most politics, at least in the modern age, seems to be how can we make this politically inconvenient for the other side? Right. And uh, there certainly seems to be some of that motivation here for that. I will say uh, you alluded to the 2003 law. I think it was called the Heroes Act. And, yeah, it seems to be using controversially. Right. Like certainly this is going to go to court, uh, but seems to be using uh, this this kind of. this emergency declaration atmosphere that we're in to give the executive branch the disputed authority to do this. And what's crazy is that this is just like kind of part and parcel, just a list of stuff on both the state and national levels where, you know, we've got to take notice in that we we continue to give the executive branch more kind of disputed powers under the guise of whatever we determine is an emergency. And uh, this is just one more of those things that as Americans, I guess we need to figure out whether we're comfortable with that, right? Yeah, a lot of concerns with this administration. I mean, uh, you, we just passed the the Inflation Reduction Act that is not going to lower inflation. It's likely going to make it worse. And when we look at how much this boondoggle is going to ta- cost the taxpayers, I mean, we're looking at it's probably going to make inflation worse as well. Uh, of course, you have a lot of efforts from the, the Democrats to uh, kind of trump up the January 6th episode uh, and, and paint Trump as this, you know, this terrorist sympathizer. Of course, they've weaponized the DOJ uh, and raided his house. And so it, it's very clear that they are desperate and they really, really want to do anything they can. This I see this as a Hail Mary. Uh, and I don't know if we're going to work this out in the courts before November, uh, but we will be able to tell in November if this was a successful strategy for them or not. Uh, it, it, I am... I mean- it should be noted, right? We haven't talked about the actual cost of this, right? I mean, the, the no. models are estimating anywhere between 300 to $900 billion over the course of the next 10 years. And you brought up the Inflation Reduction Act, right? This is that thing that the Biden administration and Democrats, both at the state and national levels, right? The parties have been you know, kind of touting as, look at that we're providing, we're, we're attacking the inflation situation, right? Well, all of that supposed relief that was going to come from that just got eaten up by this, right? That seems to be the thing lost in the discussion uh, so far. So, yeah, you know, and in a year with you know record inflation, with gas prices, and here in Texas, you know, we have out of control property taxes, uh, which kind of brings us to our next uh, story. Here uh, is an article I wrote this week about the the top five cities. Uh, taxpayers uh, are having a rough year so far, and we've talked extensively about uh, the problems with the property tax system and how bad appraisals were and how high everyone's bills are. And so, uh, you know, recently we had an article as well that we talked about the last Senate finance hearing, and uh, they basically assured us that uh, these local governments, whether it be cities or counties or ISDs, are surely going to lower to the no new revenue rate. And for those who don't know what that is, the no new revenue rate is exactly what it sounds like. It's the rate in which a local government can lower the property tax rate to bring in the exact same amount of revenue as the previous uh, fiscal section. So um, so 
the they have kind of tossed this issue down to the cities. And what we saw uh, when we checked this week was at least four out of the five major cities. Houston has yet to get back to us or put anything out on the internet uh, disclosing what their budget's going to look like. But Fort Worth, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio all promoted the fact that they lowered their rate, but they actually did not lower it to the no new revenue rate. And so what does that mean for taxpayers? Well, what that means for taxpayers is your property tax bill, at least in the city section, is going to go up this year. And so uh, we, we, have, we have problems. The narrative is falling apart that this 2019 historic property tax reform uh, is actually going to lower bills. Uh, here we are three, four years later, uh, and we are still waiting to see any kind of relief that the, the Texas legislature has promised us. Yeah, I mean, I think to your point, you say a few years, I mean, really, like the reality has been the last two decades, right? Like they continue, uh, lawmakers continue to provide or say they're providing relief, right? They're using X dollars, right? And and tr- providing relief, changing the formula and saying they're providing relief. But, you know, don't blame them. It's the local governments that set the rate. That is true, right? But at the end of the day, lawmakers continue to tweak the formula, right? Continue to tweak how that's calculated. And so it's one of those things where you can't have have your cake and eat it too, right? Like you can't cast the blame off the people, but then also try to take credit for this supposed relief, which by the way, has never come, you know? And I think what's important, you know, we're going into the next legislative session and you've already had the governor um, come out and say multiple times that we're, Texas is going to have the the biggest property tax cut in Texas history, right? Of course, he short, stopped short of giving any specifics. You've got the lieutenant governor that said we're going to use this kind of paltry $4 billion of the estimated or projected $27 billion surplus, right, for property or additional property tax relief. But no one's really talking about the overall problem, right, the mechanics that of, of how this this taxes is levied right how the appraisal creep the the issues that come with um, appraisals the the fact that bills right and we'll find out october 1st when taxpayers start actually getting those bills but that bills continue to go up despite all of this supposed reform and relief that lawmakers have provided yeah you know for months uh really years uh, lawmakers have gaslighted taxpayers uh, and saying that, hey, listen, we we pass this relief uh, and and are expecting uh, applause and want to be lauded for what they've done. But the reality is I have not talked to one taxpayer whose property tax bill has gone down since 2019. As a matter of fact, it's continued to skyrocket. We have adopted this mentality, which, of course, we talk about in our Texas Prosperity Plan, that uh, tax relief or any kind of relief uh, actually can be defined as slowing the growth. Uh, not actually giving relief, but anyone with common sense understands if if we say we have a tax cut or we say we have given relief to taxpayers, we should be able to look at our property tax bill and it should have gone down significantly uh, if we're going to promote that this is historic property tax reform, which it's turning out that it's not. Uh, the second thing is, you know, the the dichotomy that they set up is very typical of, of what we, we've seen and I've seen in my experience down in Austin, uh, which is uh, typically you see this with the House and the Senate. And so, you know, the Senate will pass something and they'll pass it over to the House and that the House won't, won't do anything, you know, with it. And then the vice versa, you know, the House will send something to the Senate. The reality is, you know, there's all these backroom deals 
and talking and they know the other chamber is not going to pass it. So they just posture with certain uh, policies. You saw this with the gender modification and some of the other things we saw last go around. Well, this dichotomy where they can kind of blame the other chamber, it also occurs uh, with state and local governments. And so that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing the state lawmakers, you know, toss the ball into the local government's courts in hopes that they can toss the blame their way as well. And so since they did not do their job and give us meaningful property tax reform, now they're saying, well, you know, now it's incumbent upon local governments to adopt this no new revenue rate. And if they don't adopt this no new revenue rate, well, hey, we did our job. Uh, they're the ones, they're the ones who are causing your property tax bill to continue to go up because they didn't adopt this rate. And it's just very typical of what we see with lawmakers in Texas, where we get to promote ourselves as heroes, say we had the most historic, uh, you know, conservative session ever, but the results are lackluster. Uh, and, and yet again, going into campaign season, next go around, if this happens again, uh, we'll see the same old trend, which is, you know, awesome campaign mailers talking about how great we are, but uh, in reality, no real relief. Yeah, for sure. But I will say, right, there is an opportunity coming up for taxpayers um, to talk to lawmakers um, about these issues, a lot of these issues under the sun, right? And uh, I think it's a good segue here, right? So for those that don't know, if you're a taxpayer, um, obviously, you've always had the ability to talk to your lawmaker, but you can specifically here in a few weeks talk to lawmakers on the committee, at least in the Texas House of Representatives, that's charged with the jurisdiction of, uh, of basically kind of how they go about collecting revenue, the means by which they levy a tax on you. And specifically, the House Ways and Means Committee is holding the hearing where they're talking about the kind of as this historic property tax reform that we've talked about, right? The Senate Bill 2 from 2019 some of the other kind of nuanced um, bills since then that have done things to appraisal boards, that sort of stuff. Uh, they're talking about Chapter 313 tax abatements, right? Corporate welfare, as we call it. Uh, but basically this kind of exclusion uh, for those that qualify, for corporations that qualify from uh, from having to pay a portion of the property tax, which means that portion, of course, gets levied on other individuals around the state. Uh, what do you think about that, Tim? Yeah, I, I, I like the opportunity that taxpayers have to interact uh, with lawmakers, not only through the online forum, but of course, if they're able to go down to Austin, I believe Ways and Means has made a uh, public testimony available. So you can actually go down and let your lawmakers know exactly how you feel about this. Uh, and and, and this, is, this is what it's all about. This is why we exist. We exist to assist taxpayers in effectively communicating with lawmakers and changing policy. And so whether it's going down to Austin and witnessing there, whether it's putting an online comment there, or even, you know, previously what we just talked about, we, we should be going to these local governments and demanding the no new revenue rate. I can tell you one thing, if taxpayers are silent and lawmakers do not hear from them, we will not get any tax relief at all. Uh, it's, it's only really through fear of loss or, or fear that they might lose their next election that lawmakers will do anything. Uh, no lawmaker that I've ever witnessed has changed their mind because someone you know, gave them some honey or some sugar or were nice to them. Uh, the only thing that drives their motivation to change policy uh, in, in a meaningful way is when they get kickback from taxpayers and angry constituents and they're scared that this issue might actually uh, be the thing that, that, that puts them out of office. So it's important that we go, we let our voice be heard and that you demand real property tax relief and that we demand that things like 313 uh, corporate welfare uh, is allowed to expire and we never bring any garbage like that back in Texas. Yes. Yeah, so details wise for taxpayers that are
they're interested, right? If you even if you can't make it to Austin, right? Tim alluded to the fact that you can actually submit testimony electronically if you're interested in doing that. The hearing is scheduled to take place, I believe, at 11 a.m. on se- uh, Thursday, September 8th. Um, so between it's open now. Between now and then, you could submit your testimony, your story um, on how things like property taxes have affected you, how you feel about Chapter 313 tax abatements. You can do that now, all the way up until then. Um, I'll make sure we put the uh, the link in the comments for folks. You can also check it out on the article on our website um, there as well. But uh, you have from now until September 8th to do that. And this is definitely an opportunity, not only that's uh, good for, for taxpayers, but keep this in mind, right? Like they're in the interim right now. This is an interim charge that they're deliberating. And, and hearing from you now likely will dictate what happens when the legislature convenes in January of 2023. Awesome. Yeah. And it is worth noting that TFR uh, will be down there on the 8th uh, covering the Ways and Means hearing. And of course, uh, we've heard that there's an appropriations hearing as well. Uh, And so we're planning on going live that day uh, and we should have live updates as far as what's happening and maybe even, uh, you know, what lawmakers are saying and what we're expecting. And so uh, make sure and tune in that day. Uh, But that's kind of all we have this week. And so it was a pleasure talking today, Jeremy. We hope to see you all next Thursday at 530 on our next taxpayer talks have a good one take care for even more content follow us on social media at texas taxpayers on facebook and instagram at texas underscore taxpayers on twitter subscribe to the fiscal note our weekly email jam-packed full of information important to texas taxpayers at texastaxpayers.com slash subscribe and then make sure to check out our texas prosperity plan taxastaxpayers.com slash tpp thanks (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.